Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Limitless Estates, where Kyle and Lolita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family by using real estate as your vehicle. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lolita, also joined by Kyle. On the show with us today, Vanessa Peters. Vanessa, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Good. Thank you. Nice to have you on the show. Uh, Before we get into it, here's a little bit about Vanessa. Vanessa is the founder of VMD Investing and has been investing in real estate for 10 years. She has experience in single-family home, commercial realty, uh, apartment communities, self-storage, and manufactured home parks. She has invested in over 2,500 units across six properties and three funds. Her company, VMD Investing, was created to help busy professionals build wealth with passive income-producing real estate that provides double-digit returns and a proven roadmap to financial freedom. So I think our listeners are going to benefit so much from our conversation today. So with that being said, let's get into it. Vanessa, could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Sure. Um, Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm currently working as a full-time family physician at uh, uh, Graybill Medical Group, which is a a primary care-owned but multi-specialty group here in San Diego County. And uh, we have about 85 doctors, or well, actually nurse practitioners, uh, physician assistants, and doctors on board and 12 locations. Um, I, in addition to having a very busy practice, I also am the chief physician officer for the group. So um, that means one of the uh, main physician executives that helps with leadership and, um, you know, you know, all the issues that come up with doctors, uh, good and bad, and uh, all that kind of stuff on a day-to-day basis. Lots of meetings. <laughs> Sounds busy. Yeah. Very busy. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, so can you please tell us a little, uh, a bit about your story getting started in passive investing? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, as you mentioned, I, I have a, a couple of single family homes, which is a little more active investing, which I did you know, start with in 2008 during the downturn uh, at the recommendation of a realtor friend of mine. That turned out to be a very nice investment. Unfortunately, I didn't keep buying at that time. I, uh, the, the market continued to go down, so I was a little disillusioned, uh, not realizing I wasn't that uh, well-versed in real estate at the time. Um, so uh, last uh, last year sometime uh, in the summer, I was traveling with my family. We were in Minnesota uh, visiting some family members there. And, and it was this, this moment that just sort of changed the course of my life. Yeah, um, I, we were bike riding um, around a lake and it was this beautiful midsummer morning in Minnesota. It was green, it was fresh, very different from Southern California. And, um, and we were having such a peaceful, great time. And I just sort of realized like, I need more of this in my life. I am not taking enough time for myself, for my family to do really awesome things that we all enjoy, Um, you know, spending time together, getting outdoors, that kind of stuff. Um, So from there, it was sort of a circuitous route to the passive investing because initially I thought, well, I'm going to get back into real estate and I'm going to 
you know, crush it. <laughs> so um, I started looking in this area as soon as I got home uh, to buy some more real estate here in Southern California. And um, I realized rather quickly that that just wasn't going to happen. There was uh, the, the, the cost uh, to income ratio is, is not good. Uh, you can't get properties to cash flow in this area. So um, I even looked at condos and, uh, and started going to meetups and I just couldn't rationalize buying anything here to make, uh, to make it either break even or make a $50 a month. Um, even though my realtor said I should feed it for a little while, I, I didn't believe that. Uh, I always want to uh, invest for cash flow purposes. Um, so I was going to some bigger pockets meetups, meeting some people in the area, and I heard a lot about out-of-state investing. So um, I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm the type of person who, once I hear something, I want to learn as much as I can about it. So I got uh, deep into all kinds of real estate investing, uh, looked into out-of-state felt that um, after doing some research on it and the different turnkey providers, et cetera, that that was too risky for me. I, um, I didn't like the idea of being so far away from a property that I had complete responsibility for. And I didn't have family in any areas that I felt would be appropriate. So I kind of scratched that off the list, uh, started looking at multifamily, thinking that would be a good idea. Um, small multifamily. I even found one locally here in, in where I live in Escondido that I with a stretch, I could have afforded it. Um, and I was getting pretty excited about that idea of a fiveplex here in, um, in Escondido. Um, but my husband vetoed that idea when he saw the area of town and it was probably a, a C class. And, um, you know, he, he was like, no, you're busy and working and I'm going to be the one who's going to take care of it. And I don't want to do that. And, uh, I was really upset at first. I was like, um, no, this is my dream. I could make so much money on this. Um, but, you know, it's a partnership, you know, so you, you do need to be both on board when you do something large. And um, so basically that forced me to look for another route because I was quite determined at that point to find something that was going to work for me investment wise. Back to bigger pockets, doing more research. I kept hearing this word syndication. And I'm like, what the heck is that? Is this like sitcoms? I don't understand. So I did my research on that and met some great people and um, learned that, hey, I'm accredited. I can invest in these deals. Do I trust it? I don't know. It seems too good to be true. So I started um, learning about um, syndication, apartments, all different types of uh, this type of investing. I ended up going uh, actually out to Dallas to view a property before I invested. Um, get a gut check on everybody. And uh, I was like, wow, this is for real. This is really cool. So that's, that's how I started investing passively in, um, in syndication. Awesome. Okay. And so did you take nine or 10 years off investing in real estate then from 2008, basically till 2017 and 18? Uh, not exactly. Um, I did leave out uh, a type of other in investment that I did, which was between, I had the single family home the whole time from 2000, I still have it. Um, but around 2011, um, my financial advisor did get me into um, a commercial investing in uh, a fund. So it was a large fund of commercial properties, not uh, multifamily, but um, more like um, the, the land underneath a Staples or a Dick Sporting Goods or a tractor supply company. So this company just, uh, buys everything all cash with no leverage. And so they had recommended that to me. They said, hey, you, you qualify for this. Now I understand what they meant. They meant that I was accredited by that point. And, um, and I was like, okay. So I thought that would be a good thing to invest in. So I have been putting money in that over the years until I learned uh, about something better. 
Got it. Okay. And so going back to the Escondido house real quick, was your husband mm-hmm. right in hindsight or wrong? <laughs> he was absolutely right. Okay. Good. All right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. No, he, 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 uh, he had some history that I wasn't aware of um, with his dad here in Escondido when he was a kid um, with rental properties. And so it really kind of like brought up all this stuff. He remembers going into rental properties in C-class areas and cleaning them up after the tenant's left in the middle of the night and, um, you know, left a mess uh, for them to clean up. So he was definitely not having any of that. Got it. All right, good. Yeah, we talked in a previous episode where, you know, you always want to trust your significant other's gut, not just your gut. And so I I had to ask that question. So you mentioned that you got a lot of your education just doing your own research and going on bigger pockets. Were there other uh, resources that you used to educate yourself? I um, I read as many books as I could. I, I liked to go to the library, get lots of books. Um, and then, of course, just buy. I have a stack of real estate books. Um, I also went through a phase where I wanted to do vacation rental by owner. So I have a bunch of those books. Um, so like Airbnb or, or VRBO or whatever. Um, that was going to be my ticket to a, a vacation home in Lake Tahoe. Mm. That didn't work out because they require permits that are not available for a couple of years. So um, yeah, so I, I like the, um, the book that Joe Fairless has on apartment syndication investing and um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, lots of, lots of books. Yeah, I've read Joe Fairless's book too, and it's fantastic. And Lily is mm-hmm. going through it now. And uh, mm-hmm. it's really detailed and fantastic. So if anyone's interested in that, I would definitely pick that up. Okay, so what is your favorite part about being a passive investor since you've been doing it for, you know, a couple years now? Um, well, I really... I like the uh, the nature of that. I'm not responsible for um, making sure that that it's occupied. You know, the tenants. I'm not responsible for the um, the building maintenance itself, uh, the termites, and uh, the the all the things that can go wrong, like toilets. So you know, the three T's for sure. I'm happy about that. I'm. Um, I'm really excited to be building up my passive income while I still have my regular job. You know, I have a career that I love. I'm not, I don't want to leave it. Um, I don't have time to be finding deals and vetting and underwriting and all that kind of stuff um, like people on the other side do. So I'm just really happy to get good return, amazing returns really, and, and get the cash flow and realize that I just need to find a good team with a good track record that I can trust. And that, that makes me happy as a passive investor. And how have you seen your life change since you've been investing passively? Well, you know, I really, it's been a shift. It's been a a mindset shift because um, I feel like we all should have sort of a, a plan B or a backup plan. Um, you never know what life is going to throw at you, whether it's, it's illness or just um, burnout. There's all, there's all kinds of things that cause people to leave their jobs, um, you know, including medicine, for sure. Uh, I feel like I can relax a bit more knowing that I have a backup source of income um, if something was to happen and I wanted to take some time off, either a sabbatical or just switch careers completely. So uh, it gives me sort of a, a sensation that I can be more relaxed and realize that the priorities that are important in life are not always work first. Yeah, and I absolutely love that. I talk about that in our passive investors guide that I built is, you know, when you create that passive income, you can now make real decisions based on how you feel about your life and not just a decision based off of money saying, well, I have to keep my job. I have to do this because we can't survive. And so creating that passive income, now you can make real decisions for your family 
that affect your family's life, right? Uh, now that you don't have all that pressure uh, from a monetary standpoint. Absolutely. Okay. And so I know you invest in multiple different asset classes. Out of all the, your investments, which asset class has produced the greatest returns? And do you think it was the asset class itself or the individual investment itself? Yeah, good question. Um, I would say that in my situation, the, the individual single family home that I purchased in uh, Riverside County, uh, just north of here, uh, was my best individual investment. Um, looking back since I bought it during the downturn, it's been, it's been providing, you know, 15% uh, annual returns, but looking at Hold the- Hold on, a California property? <laughs> a property in California? Sorry to cut you off there, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's unheard of. <laughs> so, well, that's because it was during the downturn. If that would happen again, I definitely think I would stock up. Um, <laughs> but when you, when you count in the equity, it's actually, uh, it's like up 900%, you know, so it's- wow. No, it's phenomenal. So that was a fantastic investment, but it's on a small scale because it was just one property. Um, but in terms of the, um, the greatest returns overall, I find that the, um, the multifamily has been providing excellent returns. Okay. And so according to your bio too, and you mentioned it a little bit, uh, you invest in funds. Can you talk about the difference in investing in a fund versus investing in an individual um, investment like a, with a sponsor or in a syndication? Yeah, sure. Um, the 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 individual um, property is kind of cool because you can actually go and visit it. It's a physical property. Investors have no problem understanding what that is, um, especially apartments. We've all usually at one time or another lived in an apartment or know somebody who does. Um, the funds are um, they're more spread out, which I think is is a good thing because it provides the diversification. So if something happens in one particular area that your building is in, um, you know, you, your individual investment might suffer, but if it's spread out over several States, then that I think is great. Um, it's usually a little bit longer term. So that's not always a good thing. It depends on what you're looking for. Um, but I do like the diversity and also the flexibility that the operator has, they can buy and sell within the fund. Um, so they don't, they're not, you know, if one, asset is underperforming, they can just sell it and move on uh, and buy something else. So I think they're both good. I like to have both of them in my portfolio. Okay. And so in the, within the fund, are there multiple different types of asset classes? So are there, uh, you know, self-storage, mobile home parks, multifamily, or is it just a multifamily fund in general? My, the ones that I've invested in are always the same asset class. Okay. I have a mobile home park fund and um, the commercial retail fund. Okay, perfect. So you have a family practice, as you mentioned earlier, and I'm sure it takes up a lot of your time, especially since you're the, the head of that office as well. Have you been able to juggle that along with investing full-time in real estate? Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, I, I have been working really hard on personal development, and I'm uh, working on The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Love it. Yeah. So every morning I'm trying to get centered, do my, I can't do an hour. There's no way, but I do my meditation affirmations, a little bit of journaling, and it really sets the tone, especially if I can get some movement in as well. Um, that can really help me focus because um, I'm also reading the one thing by Gary Keller. And that has really provided me with, it's really helped me realize that 
multitasking and work-life balance is a bit of a myth. And so if I want to achieve something, I might have to get off balance for a little while to get that done. As long as I'm not gone too long from the center, then that's okay. So it's about setting priorities and knowing that things are going to be tilted in one direction for a day or maybe a few days or a week, but then I'll be back. So um, I feel like I'm really just trying hard to, to focus on my goals, to get them done and um, just make sure I don't leave my family for too long. Yeah, no, those are two fantastic books. I've read both. And whether you're passive, active, or, or whatever, I think those are two phenomenal books to get started. And going back to Hal Elrod's book, that's kind of what got me going on the right path with personal development. And, uh, you know, it does tell you to do an hour a day. At one point, I was doing three hours a day, believe it or not. And then oh. I was like, this is crazy. I was waking up way before I should have been. And um, you just have to do what fits your lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, But the point of the book is to get the day started off right, get your mind started off right. And so that way, you know, the entire day is yours to go out and kind of achieve the goals that you want. So I, I absolutely love that book. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So you're now starting to take a bit of an active role, even though you're juggling all these other things. And uh, you're doing that by raising money for other people. So you don't have to find the deal, you don't have to underwrite the deal, but you can still go out there, find people to raise money for the deals that you're investing in as well. Why have you decided to go from completely passive to a little more active? Well, um, I've always loved real estate. And so uh, that, that, was, that was part of it because I would like to be a little bit more active, but based on my, my career, my time, I don't have the ability to go out there and do that. Um, I, I had my realtor license for a while, um, but I let it lapse. And so I, I realized my limitations. Um, but um, apart from that, though, I really felt a calling to start educating my fellow professionals because most people don't know about these types of investments that are available to them. Um, they're, they're not usually advertised and people are a little skeptical, honestly, when they mm -hmm. first hear about them, um, that there must be something, um, a little, little shady going on. And I, I felt like I could really provide value to my, uh, my, my colleagues, friends and family and others that, you know, I think that they would all benefit from this type of investing. Yeah. Awesome. And I love that. And, and you can pair, you know, passive investing with, a slightly, I, I guess, I, I, for a lack of better words, a little more active investing, right? And so you don't have to work your butt off to, to bring some of your friends in, tell them a little bit about it. And now you can kind of get both sides of the pie. So I like that. Perfect. Okay, well, Lolita's going to take us into our final four questions now. Okay. All right, Vanessa. So our final four questions. What is the one tool that you use in real estate investing that you could not do without? Uh, well, um, that's an interesting question. Actually, the Bigger Pockets calculator tool. Um, when I first started looking into this last year, I um, I became a pro member so I could access their their mm -hmm. rental property calculator. Uh, it's a fantastic tool because um, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because it showed me the the truth. Um, I really was thinking that I could make something work here in Southern California, mm -hmm. and um, when I was uh, looking at properties, on, you know, you do the rough math in your head, the back of the napkin kind of thing, like, oh, that'll work. That'll be like $300 a month in cash flow. And then you plug in all of the CapEx and um, the vacancy rate and all that stuff. And, and it goes down to zero or mm -hmm. worse. And I was like, okay, 
scratch that one off the list. If it wasn't for that, I could have made a very big mistake and ended up with all my eggs in the wrong basket. Yeah. Yeah. That's a popular answer here on our podcast. It's their, <laughs> their type of tool to evaluate a deal or a calculator. So yeah. Yeah. Can you uh, tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing so far and what is the main takeaway for our listeners? Um, so I did become an accidental landlord. Uh, I was previously married, got divorced, inherited the house in um, 2007 <laughs> and um, promptly lost most of its value. So um, it was a bad time. Um, I had sold, I had given my 401k in exchange for the home and then the home, you know, crashed. Oh. So I, um, I held on to it for too long. I, I had to feed it over a thousand dollars a month. And after about five or six years, I was like, this is just not, this is not going to work. And so that was an expensive mistake. Um, not intentional, but I didn't know any better at the time. Mm -hmm. Then the other one that's more passive is the, the commercial um, retail investing fund that I had mentioned that they bought with no leverage. Um, that, that fund is, uh, let's just say ultra conservative um, because it's not leveraged. It is so slow and it, it makes just a shade under 5%. And um, when I invested in 2011, I was told that the, the, um, the hold would be about eight years. And when I contacted them this past year, they said, oh, probably be a couple more years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, give me my money back. <laughs> you know, I have no idea what the multiple will be. You know, it's just, it's not what I'm used to now. There's so much more transparency with, um, with the, the syndications that I'm in now uh, versus mm -hmm. this kind of, I think it might be a little more old school. So I, you know, but I didn't know better at the time. So where is that commercial retail uh, located? All over the country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's in strip malls across the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? Well, uh, I am going to be writing a book. Um, I think it'll be called, uh, you know, truly passive real estate investing. Um, you know, a busy professional's guide to investing in real estate. Something Love like that. It. Um, I'd like to get out in front of uh, some audiences and start speaking. Um, I'd like to tie physician wellness and burnout with being financially free and developing a passive income. So I'm looking at getting some speaking engagements. Wow, incredible. And Vanessa, lastly, where can people find out more about you? Um, on my website at vmdinvesting.com. And I also have a Facebook group, uh, or I mean a Facebook page by the same name. Great. Thank you uh, for taking us through your journey as a passive investor and showing us that in, uh, investing in real estate can be done with not only a full-time job, but an extremely busy set schedule. So, so saying that you do not have the time should not be an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, thank you everyone for spending some time with us. Appreciate your time, Vanessa, and we'll talk to everybody later. Great. Thanks. Thank thanks, you. Vanessa. Okay. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the passive income through multifamily real estate podcast and to get access to today's show notes and to previous shows, visit limitless-estates.com. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.